This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. We're now getting ready for the full day three, final day of the Magi Fest 2023. And we're at breakfast uh, over here at, uh, I don't know, was Inner Urban Deli or whatever. It's very nice. We uh, just had some coffee and everything. And so uh, we're just relaxing. And I thought I would uh, talk with a couple people just to kind of recap a little bit of things that happened yesterday afternoon. For those of you who were following us for the last couple of days, we left off uh, last evening after about an hour and ten minutes of content. I uh, wanted uh, not to go on too much further, but uh, to talk about some of the shows that went on last evening. But I've got with them with me now right now one of the dealers, and that's Charlie Randall. Hey there, Charlie. Hey, Scott. How's it going? Fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. And my good buddy also, we don't see very often, that's Charles Green III, who's one of the talent. Hey, Charles. Hey, good morning, Scott. And so the, uh, the shows yesterday, where I kind of left off on the podcast, uh, yesterday afternoon, they I was uh, briefly mentioning where that they were having a... Uh, this lady who was talking about the confidence uh, men, uh, did you hear that talk? I did not hear that talk. Okay. Uh, I heard part of that. Very good. Uh, it's very interesting about uh, an escape during World War One from a POW camp where these uh, two guys apparently had used... Um, a Ouija board, and they kind of freaked out their captors, I guess, to, to think, okay, we don't want these guys and ghosts follow them. And so, that, anyhow, that was very, and they might even make a movie out of it. But they, anyhow, uh, after that, they had just a general session. They had some different people who were, uh, I think, before that, actually, where they're doing some different tricks and things. Now, there was a fellow. I forgot from the day before that you had mentioned who did some video. What was that? Matt Pritchard. Uh, Pritchard? Matt Pritchard. I'm not. Matt Pritchard. Yes. He did these videos. He did these videos which are kind of Richard Wiseman-like type things, where you know where you, you what you see. I mean, is actual the view, but it's a camera view, so it's like a one-eyed view. So it's a very angry. Very two-dimensional. It's very angry. Yeah. So it's very angry, but these things just look impossible. He takes advantage of, of the angles. Even one of them is a water thing, where he takes advantage of the fact that when you look through a glass of water, you're not actually seeing the sides. And he did this David Copperfield type illusion. Really? Oh, you know, it was really good. With the little Lego David Copperfield, really yeah. well done. It was, it was very fun. So it's a great talk. And, and he has a website. Uh, I want to say it's Science Magic. I'm probably getting that wrong. Mm-hmm. But you might be able to look it up. Maybe Matt Pritchard, Pritchard, something like that. I think he's English. Um, but no, very good talk. Very good talk. And then yesterday afternoon, uh, they had, uh, what was it that happened yesterday afternoon? Uh, it was about 5.30, so we don't have our uh, things. Uh, you happen to have it. I remember last night that we did have... Oh, there you go. Uh, so what happened last evening? Oh, Lance Burton. Oh, there's Lance Burton. That was that was right. So we had the uh, panel discussion. Then after that, the David Gerard. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But did you stick around? For, did you hear uh, the Lance Burton? I did. Talk? It was excellent. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I've I been think, talking enough. You okay, talk. well, <laughs> no, I think one of the things that was most amazing was to see the the journey that he was on and the thing that I took away was no one can be perfect immediately you can't write your best material in a day or show or a week and the example that he gave was the ducks how an accident happened when the duck fell off and they had to pick up the duck and they learned these things over show after show about how to actually make the ducks follow a certain routine that after a while the ducks knew the routine and he just had to gesture. But you wouldn't know that until you actually get into it and start doing it. Exactly. You can't know unless you make those failures and people want to be perfect immediately. They want to have a great show immediately. And so I took oh, much away from that and then the fact that he stated 
you really can't be good unless you do a thousand shows. Right. You know, and some things is like the Malcolm Gladwell thing of you need to work like, you know, 10,000 hours. hours. Well, how does that translate to a performer? Mm -hmm. You know, so that's a good barometer, a thousand shows. So, you know, if you think you can do, be good in a month or two months, well, maybe depending on how many shows you do, but... You need to put in a thousand shows and let, let that be your barometer. And that was what he had done before he was on Johnny Carson. He said, I'd done 1,000 shows before I'd actually been on my first Johnny Carson. Yes, yes. And the thing is, uh, you know, in talking to another performer, Alex Hilshey, great street performer who's now transitioning into theater, she said on a podcast, uh, everyone can be good, but it takes persistence. Hmm. And in my life, I found out I can do almost anything. But I can't do it if I don't try and if I don't keep at it and keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. Because that's really what makes the difference. People stop halfway and they fail and they go, oh, it can't be done. And someone else goes further, puts in more time, and they did and it's like, oh, I wonder what happened. So persistence is really a key to success. And you never know. It might just be that next one in which you discover the light bulb. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, someone just sent me a note about, it, like, well, how do you become a magician? How do you do X? And the advice I give to someone is like, okay, you want, you want to be a corporate magician. Go get business cards that say corporate magician and then your name and your contact information. Start handing them out until someone says, oh, this is what you do? You say yes, and then you better be prepared. You do the show. And that's how it is. But unless you keep handing out cards, you don't know which one's going to click yeah. or you're, when you're going to make that connection, you won't get there. Well, that goes back to when you and I were in Houston and you were doing all those restaurants. You were working like nine restaurants a week. You were like the guy in the world, I think, working more than any restaurants. I'm going to clarify here. It was ten restaurants a week <laughs> in seven days. It was crazy. But I made tons and tons of contacts. Well, that was my whole time. point. Did you, you were handing out cards because your goal, I recall, was to be a trade show guy. Right. And right. so you were handing out cards until that happened. Well, when I first started, I was, I was the restaurant magician. That led to a lot of corporate parties because I was just mm-hmm. handing out cards all the time. But then I did transition. I said, you know, corporate magician on my cards. And then, because Houston being the fourth largest city in the United States, ran into a lot of corporate, cir- ran in corporate circles, and someone said, oh, you do trade shows? Yes, I can. Not yes, I do, but yes, I can. Yeah. Someone hired me, and uh, Pyramid Cement for the World of Concrete was my first client, and then I kept going, and, you know, the rest, they say, is history. Yeah. But you've got to start small with a declaration of, here is who I am. And you can't be a generalist. You know, once again, we go back to the thing of business cards that have like 15 things that you do. No one wants that. They want specification. You know, Same thing like with websites. Of course, now, back then, we were business cards. But now you can have a page for each thing you do. Charlie, you want to say? So how many hours of podcasting do you have now? <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably... 1,500 hours. So you got another 8,500 to go. Why am I I talking to you? Because I'm your roommate. (laughs) Uh, Well, Bill Goldman was another guy who was an example. As I recall, that uh, you'll tell that story. Which one? About the fact... (laughs) Yeah, about, that's right. About Bill Goldman getting his first uh, trade show job. I don't remember that. Because I recall that he was like at a restaurant, much like you, and okay. which and the guy said, "Hey, do you do trade shows?" He said, "Absolutely." And he thought, "What's a trade show?" You know, later. <laughs> you know. <it's, laughs> well, that's true. And the trade—I mean, especially for a trade show—it's not like any other thing where most people in the world have never been to a trade show. If you're a magician, you may have never been to a trade show. And it's a whole different animal. It's a corporate. In some sense, it's like a corporate circus. It's this thing that travels around the world in different places. Yeah. It's, it unpacks Corporate for three circus. days. Corporate circus, wow. Huh. Yeah, that's how I describe it. It unpacks for three days. It's the show. 
and then it packs up in a box and they send it all off and put it away. Yeah. It's an amazing world. I loved it. And uh, to get into that, until you do your first one, you're actually on the floor. You have no idea what it's like. When people are walking by, there's sessions, you've got the client to please, there's nonstop, there's noise, there's trucks running by. A lot of competition for those eyeballs to stop at their other booths. A lot of competition, especially now, especially with uh, digital stuff. It wasn't like this before. So it's really, really difficult. And you need, like, your your first trade show that you ever do is never going to be as good as the, you know, the thousandth one that you do. And I always tell, I mean, in my experience, the show that I do for my client on day one, when I get into a show, especially if it's a new client, on day one, it's good enough to make them happy, but when I get to day three, it's a killer show. Because I've done it for three days in a row, and I've done maybe maybe a couple hundred shows over the three or four days. Well, that's kind of like a restaurant, wherever you, you're finally honing and tuning a particular trick because you're doing table to table tip or back when we were at the Magic Island right. that we would do several shows a night and right. you're doing them after, back to back you know, right. all the time so you really get a fine tune your act yeah I mean you have to have that flight time it's the only way to get good you can't be in front of a mirror you can't be on YouTube yeah. you can't be you know just in your, in your little practice closet that's true, that's true. <laughs> you gotta be live and in front of an audience so, what about David Gerard? Let's talk a little bit about uh, that. So, uh, tell me what you thought about the show last night. It was excellent. Uh, kind of a minimalism type thing, a little magic in it. Um, but uh, no, it was very good. Q ended with a Q and A thing that was excellent, and and the energy he had was what excited yeah, me. Yeah, and he had great pa- great presentation, presentation great pattern, yeah. great, scripting great, great lines. But it wasn't just the scripting. It was it was ability to uh, to speak extemporaneously with. Um, uh, the audience come up with all these different lines and also inside things. You know, apparently uh, Andy or Josh Jay, when he was introducing, said he saw him at Apple, I think, or something. And the way he was interacting with the audience was great. But I'm sure it was different with us, with the magicians, because he had some inside things. Oh, he did. He did have a few inside comments where he would talk about, like, almost alluding to the method or something yeah. or whatever. But, but they had the first row with. Uh, Late people, yeah, and those were excellent because those people you could tell were just genuinely, yeah, and they were flabbergasted. It's like the guy's reading minds, obviously reading minds. No, he does the same. No, he doesn't do the same thing. But you know, we're thinking, hey, we've seen things like this. But those folks, man, they were just. How could he know that? How could he know my birthday? You know, all that kind of stuff and all. So yeah, it was very yeah. good. Comment, and, and that's well, and that's one of the things about at this conference, they have real people in the audience, mm-hmm. and so as a performer looking at it, you, get an appreciation of the difference. Because we get jaded, we forget. How strong of a reaction is that? And before I did a session, I just stood up front, and there was a couple rows there and some kids, and I did some magic, and there was a woman there who like exclaimed when I did something. It was like an ambitious card, and I realized she doesn't see magic. This is really real for her. She and this is the power of live magic. It's so strong, and we forget. It was. Now, his was the late show that was after, uh, I say late, that was, uh, <clears throat> went on until about 11 o'clock, I said, yeah. after uh, the, the Lance Burton thing. Uh, and then after that was uh, Mark Calabrese, I believe. Yeah, the bar magic. I didn't see it. It was so crowded that I did. I did not stay up. Okay, that was kind of the same way. Yeah. Uh, but he had done a lecture earlier in the day, and he's going to be having a workshop then tomorrow on Sunday, right. uh, as is Shudo Gawa then as well. And there was another thing, too, I believe that... Uh, uh, Chris Ramsey was doing a thing called Flash. You know, I didn't see that. Oh, Flash and you lose. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that either. As I understand that, that's a YouTube channel that he has as well. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. We're old guys. But you know, <laughs> I say that because what is this YouTube. This is... What mean this YouTube thing? <laughs> He's talking about. Is that capital U? You, <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh, anyhow, he apparently has something in which that 
Yeah, the, if you flash, then okay, then he they'd ring a bell or something, you're you know, that you're, you're out, basically. And then also, I thought there was somebody doing late night. They had a bar set up in well, the session. Mark, oh, that was where Mark was working? Yeah, okay, that was where Calabrese things was, so he was at the bar. But the other thing, I don't know where uh, Chris Ramsey was. I think he's going to do it again tonight, I believe. Maybe. Well, how about the Chris Ramsey thing? That was what I'm saying. It was a Chris Ramsey flash. Oh, Chris Ramsey was, was a flash. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Calabrese was doing just the bar close-up card magic. No, yeah, I didn't know that, yeah. So, anyhow, that kind of wraps up uh, yesterday. we got a lot of stuff then planned for today, and I think our first thing out of the shoot is going to be Mark James, who's going to be lecturing about the show that he did on opening night on Thursday night, which is going to be great. So thank you guys very much. Sure. Good chatting with you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you very much, Scott. And thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Scott. And so we will talk to some more people back at the, uh, at the hotel here shortly. Scott, yeah. We're about ready to have a few things happen at 10 o'clock. The dealers are just now opening, and then Mark James will be starting at 10.30. But I thought I'd also get a, a little bit of insight from another one of the registrants and a friend of the Magic Word, and I really love this guy, and I know you do too, Matthew Neely. Hey, Matthew. Hey, Scott. How you doing? <laughs> Fantastic. Good to always see you. What have you enjoyed most? I mean, we're coming into the final day here, but so far, what's been like on your top... I mean, so that's a challenge because yeah. because Magi Fest is is unlike any other convention, uh, from the talent that Josh and Andy bring in, but to the ses- ses- excuse me sessioning and jamming that happens afterwards and between sessions, and so you can't replace that. So last night, a bunch of a bunch of us just got together and hung out. We actually didn't do any magic. We just ended up playing some board games. And so really, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Billy Hash from IBM and several of the Vanishing Ink guys got together and we just played games but as far as the actual schedule and lineup thus far i have really enjoyed um uh, morton christensen's lecture yesterday on comedy magic and just how he approaches things and uh, it's so interesting to see just the not only the different perspectives but of course he's a fism award winner right right. so he knows his stuff and uh, it's been very very good looking forward to uh, everything Uh, but i tell you what yesterday's standout for me was the session uh, where they have you know people who have you know 15 to 45 minutes to talk about different things and Josh and Andy spend a lot of time uh, investing in our youth and one of the things they invest in is a school here in the Columbus area that has developmental disabilities and those kids work all year learning magic and social skills that come from magic and they come every year and do something and they do this wonderful routine about uh, a barkery uh, so a bakery for dogs and it was a mentalism effect and it was just phenomenal so that was a highlight and then they always try to bring in a non-magic person that is tangentially related so yesterday they had an author who had written a new york times best-selling book on a couple of individuals who had escaped through from a pow camp in world war one and how they had used magic or magic principles uh, to facilitate that escape and that was just really kind of cool to hear about that so, and tonight we've got a big show, a big gala show coming up, and uh, that's always great is the big gala shows. I understand, yeah, they're going to be closing the dealer's room early tonight yeah. because they're going to move that air wall back in order to accommodate more people, which I'm assuming they're bringing in some more of the public, probably putting them closer to the front. Probably, you know, for the last, oh, uh, several years we've been here at the Renaissance downtown, but before that we were at north of town, and we, we filled it to capacity, you know, and so we had to move down here. And we're filling it to capacity, and so which is a great thing to see at a magic convention. But, but yeah, they're going to blow out that wall I hear, and they're we're going to have even more people. So, the room as it stands, I think, can have 
somewhere between a thousand and twelve hundred people, wow. something like that. Um, and so when they blow it out, we'll be more like twelve to fifteen hundred, maybe. We'll right. see. Yeah, because they were telling me that they were close to a thousand registrants uh, here, uh, and which is down from earlier years pre-COVID when they were getting like 12 1300 people here right right yeah so but you know it feels like um we're on the other side of things people are back and you know some people are masking some aren't that's fine uh but it's just so good to be back together after all the virtual stuff that we did that's very well put exactly right yeah i I think everyone's anxious to get back together and put everything behind us as soon as we can right with caution right absolutely with caution and you know for a lot of folks who you know we've got there are a lot of workers that come to this convention and so you know it's you you know david williamson just hanging out he's not performing he's just hanging out and teaching kids he's just hanging out i know david blaine has swung by some years and uh we've there are just so many people who just stop by because this is the one of the conventions that they just get to come have fun at but then they have to go back to their residency in Vegas or something like that. So, you know, uh, but yeah, it's just a good time. And, and today we've got just, I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to Mark James's lecture and then Paul Gertner is doing a show and lecture and Paul always does such a fabulous job. So, yeah, this is, if you've never been like, look, Columbus in January, there's no other reason to come except for Magi Fest. (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to be boating or sunbathing. Right, right. Nobody says, you know what? I want to go to the Midwest in the middle of winter. The only people crazy enough to do it would be magicians. Right. So, and another reason why they keep us all in because we don't want to go out. You know. Oh no, no. Like I go out to Starbucks and like I'm not a small guy, Scott, but I go have to go out to Starbucks and I'm throwing on sweaters and jackets and top coats and hats. Just go across the street. Just go across the street. (laughs) I mean, good grief. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I live in Ohio, so that's but. You should make the drive or the fly. So it's it's well worth your time. Certainly, this is always just a great convention. It's been a lot of fun so far, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the day and the rest of the convention. Absolutely. Matt, good seeing you. Thank you very much. I think you're being paid by your wife over there oh, then too. Good to see you, Scott. <laughs> you as, as well. Always. So with the Magic Word Podcast, I was Matthew Neely, Scotty out. Well, before we begin and go into the. Uh, go to the dealer's room. I see people lining up already for the 10.30 uh, lecture, so they get uh, good seats. And my goodness, the time now is 10.02, and the queue has already started. But uh, we run across people all the time who are longtime friends. I don't want to say old friends, because they're not that old, but <laughs> but they're longtime friends. And someone I haven't seen in a long time uh, who had stopped me, and that's Joe Cole, who lives in Omaha, Nebraska now. Hey, Joe. How are you? Good, sir. And you? <laughs> Fantastic. It's good to see you. Thanks for stopping and showing me that picture. And that was from an award you had won at the SAM in New Orleans with Paul Cortelli and her Explain what you just showed me. Yes, yes. So, yeah, 2001 uh, SAM convention did the competition there. So, yeah, that was that was a big deal because that was when Sean Fricoir was there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he actually went over time, was disqualified, and the decision was, do we share the first place? And I said, I'm just happy to have first place. So, yeah, yeah I'll share it with Sean Fricoir. <laughs> Is that what happened? That's and, what happened, yes. Okay. That was the, uh, yeah, 2001. And, so you and uh, Sean on the par. Level. Yes. Yeah. Sean knows me. But, yeah, Sean's phenomenal. It, it, if I could share an award with Sean, that, that's pretty good. That's, so. uh, that's a memory right there. Yeah. Right. Well, speaking of memories, what uh, has been one of your memories so far that you've seen at this convention you've enjoyed? You know, it's just so great to see the people, Scott. I mean, the part... Part of it is just seeing like David Williamson walking around, Lance Burton just you know hanging out with the guys. So it's just been phenomenal. And then all these 
young magicians that are just yeah. popping up out of nowhere just yeah. to see all their talents. It's just phenomenal. So I, uh, I I wish there was like little competitions like it is, mm-hmm. you know, for the SAM. I wish there was competitions with the kids around here, but. Yeah, it's just it's just great to see all these. You, the they youth. used to have that years ago, prior to when Andy and Josh had taken over, and they'd gone in a different direction with this, yeah. which is fine. I mean, sure. uh, because most uh, traditional conventions will have the usual things with lecture shows and, and competitions and dealers and whatnot. They have decided you know, not to have competitions right. here some time ago, right. which is, is fine. Yeah. Uh, but they have encouraged then the youth to come, and they've got the scholarship program and everything else. Yes. So this is a great opportunity for young people to come. And I, I, I almost every time I talk to somebody throughout this whole weekend it's been we've slipped that in somehow or another so i'm trying to encourage more and more youth to to come and have uh, their parent or guardian to come with them to this thing because you get your registration paid for free if you're under 18 and anyhow go ahead right no no it is great to see the youth and yeah i wish i had a kid so i can sneak into those rooms because there's so much going on for those kids with uh, all their mentors and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's a great program that they're I doing. I meant to take a picture there yesterday. I saw Lance Burton in the youth room uh, with just people gathered around his table, and he was showing them stuff, and I thought, how cool is that? Right, right. No, it's, it's great to see. But, no, it's been a good convention. So, yeah, it was, I haven't been to one of these for nine years, but I'm catching up with my old friends from St. Louis because I used to be from St. Louis. And yeah. Did rank- you go to the Midwest Magic Jubilee back in the day? That's oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Harry Monty, yeah, yeah. Harry and Trudy, but, yeah, all those guys. But, yeah, those are some great names so i was just so gra- glad that harry's still with us and yeah and, uh, but and yeah. bud dietrich remember of course right yeah. right so yeah some some fun names but yeah having a good time so yeah well good good seeing you joe thanks great very much you, glad you did. so the magic word podcast that was joe cole scotty out again as we're still waiting for things to begin here shortly that there are so many people that would <laughs> Uh, that I could talk with, but I'm trying to uh, limit this so this way it's not going to be like 12 hours every day of content. But I do want to uh, highlight some people, one of whom right now I'm speaking with is Jeff Hossettler, who was uh, one of the chairmen for the past 80 years or so. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't the chairman for that long. 29. 29 years. Uh, and so I thought I would talk with him about some of the uh, past Magi Fest then as well. So, Jeff, it's so good to see you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here for, to see this new form of the convention. Well, and that's exactly what I want to talk about. This has completely changed. I was just talking with a gentleman over there about uh, the contest, and he had performed an SAM contest some years ago, and he said, I kind of regret that there are not any contests here now. And I said, well, obviously they've gone through some changes that Josh and Andy don't, didn't go that direction, but <laughs> right. the old time when they had the red coats, they did. So that's one of the changes. So uh, anyhow, talk a little bit about... What it was well, yeah, I, I think one of the things I would comment on that, I think it's a good uh, a good way to look at it. When we ran the Magi Fest, we had the Red Coats, a team that did it. And they Explain have, Red Coats, what that means. Uh, you they, and I... they all wore Red Coats. Yeah. And so they could identify us. Yeah, like a blazer. And, yeah, right. <clears throat> and uh, I would say we had a really good bunch of apples. Mm-hmm. And now the Red new, apples. Yeah, Red <laughs> apples. And now the new convention is really good oranges. Uh-huh. But uh, you can't compare apples to oranges. They're both analogy. they're they're really both quite well done. Yeah. We never lost money. We never made a lot. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved to Indiana, and then we broke up. And Josh and, and uh, actually Tim Moore, who's in, involved, yes, mm-hmm. uh, took it over. I was delighted. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you two reasons why. One, with Josh and Andy, they're into modern things that are happening. They're up to date. And they're bringing in the youth through the uh, program for scholars, which is fantastic. And then yesterday we saw a show where they had a, a show with special needs kids presenting. It was just a gorgeous, gorgeous show. 
I, I cried almost because of honoring them, not 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 patronizing, but honoring that, that worked a whole year to do this show. So those kind of things, and bringing in crowds. I don't care how much money they make. It's not about that. People are still interested in magic, so I am so pleased. Ten years they've run it now, and I just keep cheering them on. So. Has it been ten years? Oh, my goodness. Yes. That just seems like three or four years. I but. know. I know. <laughs> so I'm delighted. I, I do miss the contest, but it's a different era. Sure. And I do miss the big stage headliner show, but we're past that, too. People right. don't like watching Big Illusions anymore, and right. they've seen it all, you right. know? Right, So they're going with changing times, and they're riding the crest of, of what's, what's new and interesting. So. And this is different from Magic Live. Uh, yes. Have you ever, you've attended yes, Magic Live as well. Mm-hmm. And which that, of course, it is in Las Vegas, and they do have the grand spectacle with some big illusions and everything then, too. Sure. But I feel that Stan, in a way, is kind of riding the crest, trying to do something every year Absolutely. that reinventing, you know. Absolutely. It's those inventive people we need to cheer on. That's true. That's true. So, uh, because, like, with the IBM, I mean, you're a past international president that's right. of the IBM. and uh, it's but, but the convention there and the SAM and a few others have the TOM and others are pretty much tradition has right. only been the same. That's you right. Know, we need to change. <laughs> I agree with you. I couldn't agree more. I haven't been there. I am going to the IBM convention this summer yet. In Pittsburgh. Yep, because we can drive. Yeah. And uh, so I love the IBM. I, I love organizations like that. But there is a need to, to reinvent themselves, and that's not happening quite as much as I would probably like. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, it is exciting. There's a good verve here, or vibe, you know, yeah. that with uh, yeah. with the dealer's room. You can hardly get in the dealer's room. I They've know, just been packed three deep. <laughs> I mean, not just the first night, but every day. Yeah, and the camaraderie. You, yeah. I've met old folks that I've known for years and years and years, and that's always good. Yeah. I saw me. Tom Craven yesterday, chatted with him. He Tom's here. here. Not today. He was here for like six hours. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, Gary Morton had driven down oh, with him, and then he went back. Now he's again. getting up there in age, too. He's, what, 92? I don't know. I'm 83, so... <laughs> It's moving along fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate all you do with your podcast and things. Thank you. Jeff. I don't follow you very strongly, but I appreciate you going around and trying to do things. So. Well, thank you very much. I'm just trying to record some history. All right. Thank you. Know. you. So thank you for helping and sharing uh, your, your viewpoint. My privilege. Well. <laughs> so for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Jeff Hossever. Scotty out. We are here this afternoon. There's a lot of stuff going on. Paul Gertner's actually got his uh, lecture and show that's going on right now, but I thought I'd just grab a few minutes with uh, a FISM winner right here with Morton Christensen all the way from the Netherlands. Denmark. Denmark. I'm so close. (laughs) Neck of the woods up there from Denmark. Yeah. It's kind of like saying, uh, I'm from Illinois. Well, that's close enough. We're in Ohio. Yeah. So, Morton, hey, good to see you. Good to see you. And I want to uh, say officially on uh, record, because I didn't get to talk with you in Quebec, congratulations, because after that was experience was over, you were probably just hit up by everybody and it was just a dazzling experience. Tell me something about how you felt. Uh, I felt uh, strange. I, I'd never been to FISM before and my so my first FISM and I just I've, since I was a kid 12 years old I dreamed about just going to FISM and like maybe compete but never never imagined I would win and then I'm there and all this positive feedback and, and I end up winning which I still surprised and I <laughs> I still can't handle the fact that I have a first place FISM trophy. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. But and but <laughs> people have been very nice, and now I'm I'm I've been invited here to do my right. act and show stuff, which is great. I'm so flattered that I get to come from my small little country to the 
great big America to do some stuff. Well, what obviously you've been compared to Rick Merrill, who had also won, and I heard. Uh, from the standpoint of uh, kind of like things are happening. Yeah, the, the comedy you. character style. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. I can see but that. But you have a comedy. You've been working comedy clubs then in Denmark for yeah. a long number of years, and yeah. not just doing magic, but doing uh, comedy and yeah. then doing magic. I guess yeah, yeah. in the context yes. of the comedy clubs, right? Yes, yeah. that's where I started. Uh, because I don't really, I don't think magic on its own is that interesting, or so I, I never did. I never did magic went for people, and then I began doing stand-up when I was 18, and that made sense to do tricks. Yeah. And I had something extra to show people, so uh, yeah, that's where I started, and I could, I could also do my like my act or some of it. It's uh, because it all started with being very practical stand-up magic, and then when I m- made it more competition-friendly. It was maybe more to fool magicians and have some extra kickers and stuff. So, yeah, yeah that's my main thing, doing uh, like 40 minutes in a comedy club. I can see, obviously, that you're more you're comfortable with that because of the way that you handle a microphone all the time whenever yeah. that you're handling that. And when you're walking, it's like you already got a microphone over your ear. It's like you really don't need this. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm used to <laughs> dragging the mic stand around with me. Uh, that's very natural to sure. me and comfortable and uh, which is weird because like my FISM act is is just with a headset no mic stand but I'd been practicing my whole act with a mic stand so I can do it yeah. because that's what they have at a comedy club so in, like- in magic uh, venues they always have a headset because they're like oh you need your hands free yeah but the stand is good enough for me right it's kind of like whenever I'm doing uh, strolling I, you know wearing a suit coat and I'm always used to pulling up my sleeve and so sometimes whenever that I'm wearing a t-shirt I feel like I'm still I'm pulling up my sleeves even though I'm not wearing sleeves because yeah. you're so used to something yeah. you know a, a particular habit you know that happens all the time then like that now as far as comedy clubs is that still a thing I mean as far as in Denmark I mean it's, it's not there are still comedy clubs in the US but there was a phase during the 80s when it was really big is it still big or what's the a climate like over comedy there? like stand up comedy is like the biggest form of entertainment but it's a small country there's there's a few clubs but it's not something you can live off it, they don't oh. they don't pay that much unless you're really famous and uh, and it's, so it's mostly something I do like open mics and or get a spot and do whatever just to get out and practice because it's an it's a venue I like and again the country is small so just getting the opportunities to perform are nice but do you see that perhaps as a springboard to something else in which you can get on a television show or something? I I try I've like the, again it's a small country so it's uh, it's difficult to like see what's going on when I got home from FISM I was like oh maybe now this uh, this is going to be my break but it's again magic is not that big and then yeah, so uh, it's it's helped in the magic community, and I've gotten to travel a little bit, which is amazing. And uh, and again, I'm very relaxed. I'm just gonna see what where it takes me. It's it's amazing that I started doing card tricks, like, and then I now I because I do card tricks, I can travel the world, and I'm very humbled and flattered about like getting that opportunity. So right. Right. Uh, now, building up to your FISM act, you had to obviously not only compete, but win yeah. in order to place. So yeah. tell me a little bit about your journey. Uh, so my act started when I was doing junior competitions around the age of 13, 14, 15. And my, uh, one uh, trick segment from my FISM act is from when I was 14. Uh, so a lot of it was just put together over time and then the main portion I'd been working in comedy clubs for the last five years and uh, up to FISM the last six months before I 
put it all together, put some new stuff in, made it an act that was an act, not just a a like. I made the script so it wasn't something that because in comedy clubs usually it would feel maybe a little bit more organic and more like I was jazzing the tricks. Like, but when I then made the the act, it is scripted and was ready for FISM and uh, yeah. But as far as winning, did you win like at the local level with the club or? Oh yeah, I've 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 uh, done competitions. So I've I've won the the my my local club competition the last three years. I've won the Danish championship since 2016. I've won this uh, Scandinavian Nordic championship in 2018, and so I I I was building up to okay maybe now like maybe I should do bigger international competitions. Right. So. Uh, and when you actually got on that stage, you were probably looking around like, I can't believe that I'm here. I mean, when there were like almost 2,000 people there. Yeah, you know? yeah it, was, it was a strange moment because I'd, I'd built up to it like for a, a big portion of my life because I wanted to sure. go to FISM and then especially the, the, the month up to it. Uh, so when I was on that stage, I was actually really ready and... Yeah, I was ready for it to, to give it my all, and I'm super happy with my performance. Like everything worked, and I was in in the moment. I was enjoying it because I was in front of a bunch of friends and, and peers that I just wanted to show good magic to. Again, I didn't, I didn't expect to win. I just thought, oh, I have something funny. Sure, sure. Speaking of that, and funny because I know in Europe you have a lot of different cultures, different languages, and different countries, and you're going to be traveling about, and you were doing this act in English. How many yeah. languages do you speak? Danish and English. Just the two? Yeah. Because I was wondering if this is something that you can also then go on the road and travel to other places and perform, like on their television. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh I'm I'm considering learning in my act, learning my act in different languages like French or Spanish because that would just be interesting, like getting to do it uh, in other countries where English is maybe not the first language. And uh, but yeah, I do it in English and Danish, and I've now done it in English, like in a few different places where they speak English well. Do you find the beats of your act to be different in Danish than it is in English? Um, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It it does it hasn't changed that much because I, at least I I convince myself that I speak English well. Why do you? So uh, <laughs> so uh, so actually my timing is pretty much the same, uh, and because I then worked it in in English, so I was ready. It feels sometimes weird to do it in Danish. Yeah. Because some of the moments are built in with the structure of. English language, like yeah. yeah. So uh, it's more fun in English for me, actually. It is really good, very funny, and a great act. I said congratulations. That's great. Glad to see you here. I'm glad you did so well. Also, you know, Thanks. selling out of everything that you had then too. Yeah, but, uh, it was great. So, are you going to be doing some other magic conventions in the U.S.? So you got planned, or uh, I don't know. Uh, Nothing planned right now. No, I haven't, I haven't planned anything. But I've met people that have invited me to some stuff, and hopefully that pays off. And there's conventions I've always dreamed of going to that hopefully that's going to end up being something. Is this one of your first conventions in the U.S.? This is my first convention in the U.S. Uh, because it's too far to travel with when I'm not booked. So uh, being here is amazing, and it it's but it's also it was also a trip because I was 18 hours delayed. Oh boy! So uh, so what do you think of this convention? 
this being not only your first, but also kind of an experience over here with the U.S. conventions as far as how friendly or, you know, the, what do you think about them? Oh, it's it's really nice. And I know Josh and Andy that, that uh, put on the convention a little bit, and I did the session in London. So the, the atmosphere is pretty much the same, but... Yeah, the the culture and people are different, and it's it's nice. I like. It. I've been in America two times uh, in Vegas before, and I I like it here. Are so. you coming to Magic Live? Uh, I I hope so. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right. Thank you very much, Morton. I appreciate Thanks, that. Yeah. So, with the Magic Word Podcast, that was Fizz Winner, Morton Christensen. This is Scotty Out. So we have just finished the lecture with Paul Gerger, and speaking of close-up and having Paul's got his own uh, theater out in Boston, there's another fella who's got his own theater, it is in Colorado Springs, and also does close-up, and is excellent, and I uh, am so thankful to have friends like him. You're such a good guy. It's oh, Cosmo Solano. Here's Cosmo. Hey, man. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Fantastic. You enjoying the convention? Yeah, man. It's good to see you. Good seeing you yeah, as well. You're looking good. It's great. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure after COVID that it's particularly great to kind of see everybody because they're coming back out into the theaters, I oh, guess. Oh, man. Right? And it's so packed here. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about what, uh, for people who are obviously not here, to hear yeah. a little bit about what uh, Paul's lecture was about. He talked a lot about his uh, experience on Fool Us, okay. which was really cool. And then he went through the methodology of his thinking hmm. and uh, the, you know everything from the way the props are made. I mean, he gave up everything. He wasn't holding back any secrets. It really? was awesome. Because he had a really... different version of his Unshuffled. Did he explain that? Yeah, okay. which was really cool because yeah. I did not know that's hmm. what he did. I, I racked my brain going... Mm-hmm. How did he fooled he, me. Yeah, how did he get back? How did he get that far with it? Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant, and it was beautifully simple. Yes, that yeah. was, was very cool. <laughs> Some and of the best all the good are. stuff comes up that way, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, I've killed myself for two years on new stuff and then come back to some simple thing. Well, that was what I was about to go yeah. to, actually, because of your theater be, uh, being local and that you don't have a lot of other people come through. It's just the experience with Cosmo. Do you have a, change a lot of things or do you have the same show? Because it seats, what, 20 people? Is it uh, no, about 40. 40, okay. Yeah. So do you have the same more. show or how often uh, you change stuff? Uh, it's funny. I've done the same show for the first about well, until a year, until six months ago. Okay. So, and so we were open before COVID, two and a half years. After COVID, a year and a half. So, you know, same show for whatever that comes out to, four years. Right. And uh, we have repeat people every single show. Really? So, And we have some people who have been there more it. than ten times. Oh, my goodness, yeah. A, a pretty good number of people. Yeah. So they bring, you know, they bring friends or right. whatever. Yeah. But it's so the same show. They want show. them to experience what they did. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wrote that first show. It took me three months to write, six months to rehearse before I did it. Mm-hmm. And the, sec- the new show, I didn't have that kind of time, but... Um, I put a lot of time into writing a second show because I owed it to my, my sure. repeat people, you know, my, my followers or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Because we, it's, just, it's just great. So um, uh, I, don't, I, I don't think I changed the show much, mm-hmm. but it evolves based on the experience every night. And next week I go, I'm going to change the timing or I'm going to not do this part, I'm going to do that. And I, I go back. I was just talking to this, uh, I think Mark Calabrese yesterday about this, and I said, you know, uh, I look back at an old video thinking I just wanted to see one thing and I realized holy cow my, my show's changed over three years right so uh, I don't change it on purpose because I want to add new stuff it's just right. that it's I'm trying to make it better all the time it evolves it tightens and everything tightens, I'm sure and I, I learn a, there's a comedy spot right there or there's a great misdirective spot right there or whatever and I'm constant. and my wife is amazing because <laughs> she's uh, she's got a um, you'd think she was a magician she's got a great critical eye on magic she'll tell me you know you need to change the timing on that next time 
And do you get some? What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do you get some good ideas also from the audience? And they say, "Oh man, I thought you were doing this," or they'll throw jokes out at you or whatever. Um, you yeah, do. you know, you know, come up with lines that you realize work really well, thanks to the fact that they, they, they don't heckle me, but mm-hmm. they, we, we have a great rapport. I, I egg them on, and yeah. they let me have it. I let them have it, and we have a blast. Are so. you in the moment such that you? Are, are recognizing what's happening and try to uh, react to some, well, I don't mean hecklers, but I mean people who might be speaking or talking or, you know, like, where are you from? I mean, like a comedian would do. And, oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of ad-libbing, a lot of yeah. just playing off of them, mm-hmm. and we have a blast. So we have so much fun in there every single night. Yeah. And, and, and when, they're, when they're trying to be too polite, it's not as much fun. <laughs> not as much. So I'm like, bring it on, you know. <laughs> well, we are almost finished with the yeah. uh, convention uh, as well. And as we kind of start to wrap up, we still have the gala tonight and another lecture here yet to come this afternoon. David Gerard is going to be talking about marketing, which I'm yeah. excited to hear a little yeah. bit about. Uh, because his show last night was really crazy. But I want to, I mean, crazy good. Uh, he, uh, I thought, knocked it out of the park. But I'd like to know what your thoughts were of who was the highlight or what did you really enjoy most um, about this convention. My, i got to get the name right because I keep saying it wrong. Morton Christensen was my just made my week he was so great and creative and everybody's been great this has been a yeah. great convention his was the only set of lecture notes i purchased is that right yeah. well I, I his was the only ones i bought except for i love paul we yeah. we become friends since we both own theaters yeah. i love you know we talk a lot so i had to buy paul's yeah. <laughs> but yeah other than that i don't think i bought any other lecture notes did i no no, I haven't. Well, apparently, um, Morton didn't. He Morton had run just, out, and I was, as I was talking with him earlier, he just got a text saying, "Your notes just arrived." So, oh, nice! Well, <laughs> so a lot of more. people are going to be happy because yeah. I got lucky enough to get him. But um, he was my favorite. He was so he he is so creative and so not worried about staying within the the box, kind yeah. of the magician's box. Oh, well, you do a pass here, or you do that yeah. move there. It's just his own. He's just freely creating, and I love that. And I do a lot of that myself. He comes from a different background, being in comedy, where he can improv a little bit. So he's learned yeah. that and comfortable yeah. with the comedy scene. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Whereas magicians aren't. I think they're more structured sometimes. Well, th- th- this brings up a great point you, you made me think of a minute ago uh, um, in, in the theater. You know, um, uh, I, I never work scripted. So I, I, and I did. I studied theater. I did some comedy workshops, but mostly theater and stuff back in L.A. And I don't work scripted. And I was did, did that on purpose because when I did when I worked scripted, my head would be so wrapped around trying to stay within the script that I couldn't think, and I would sometimes forget to do a trick and wonder why I'm saying this and that. oh oops I forgot that <laughs> and, and it was terrible and I mean so I just said no script have fun and that's what I did for years that was my style yeah but when I put together the theater and I had to have a two hour close up show mm-hmm. I had to script and uh, I have training in that in that way I, I know how to write and I know how to write scripts but I just never did it. Right. So I put together a very tight script. I would time and everything. That's why six months of rehearsal, three months yeah. of writing, six months of rehearsal, I knew exactly when I picked up the cup and exactly what word came out or whatever I was doing. Well, so so I, that was fantastic. But now that I'm natural and comfortable, it's a beautiful thing to be able to go, I've got a solid script, but I can deviate anytime I want. And come back to it. And the uh, comedy clubs and the improv stuff over the years. It's just so beautifully come together, right. you know? Well, that was why I was asking about yeah. being focused and in the moment from the standpoint of, like, 
you are not so focused on your next line, your next sentence, yeah. as you are of what is it I that somebody said. I can go out said. into left field so far. Because you know how to come back and yeah, where to come back and to. get right back to it, and it all feels like... People think I've scripted every line I say to them sometimes because it works out so nicely, but it's just a matter of experience and stuff. Oh, sure, because you're going to hear some of the same things, and you can say something as a quote ad lib. Yeah, yeah but, but my wife will go, oh, I thought it was over, because yeah. that guy was saying something you've never heard before, and then all of a sudden it just turns into a beautiful moment. Yeah, so yeah. We have great. that every week, and it's, it's just a So where, great, where can people go to get tickets and find more information? Uh, just CosmosMagicTheater.com. That's C-O-S-M-O. C-O-S-M-O, yeah. Cosmos Magic Theater. Okay, um, dot yeah. com. In Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. And how many nights a week? We're doing uh, two nights. We're probably going to add one. We're selling out all the time. So mm-hmm. we're most likely, now that I'm, I'm, when I come back from this, we're going to start looking at restructuring our Thursday, Friday, Saturdays? Friday and Saturday nights right now. It'll probably be Thursdays. Okay, I didn't know if you are going to add Sunday least. afternoon. Because yeah, it's really more for adults, not children. Yeah, we do one kid show every Saturday. Oh, you do? Yeah, I love kids' shows. I just, you know, when you're doing what close-up magicians do, you don't do kid shows anymore for right. a long, long right. time. right. But I really have fun with them, so we, we tried a few, and my wife loves them, and I love them. So we have a blast every Saturday afternoon, but my focus is the close-up yeah. stuff, yeah, and the adult stuff. Have you been to this convention, by the way, before? Well, kind I of, am, several so, times. So, yeah, and I so have you, you've never lectured here or done anything? I mean, no, okay. no. Um, I don't think. I think you're one of these unsung people that's kind of like an underground I person keep, that a lot of people it, don't know here. I keep, it, I keep it quiet. I get asked to lecture all the time, and I go, yeah, let's do it. Three years later, I go, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you know, I thought I think I was supposed to lecture for Penguin a long time ago. And, I, yeah. and Tim Trono or whoever, yeah. will, will, I'll tell him, oh, so, I'm sorry. And then I think they just think I think I'm too cool. But I don't. I'm just very scatterbrained and busy. I, my main focus is the audience. That's what yeah. I love, and that's yeah. what it's about. Not that I don't love this stuff, yeah. and I wish I had more time. I hope more people get to know more about you, because oh, I think thanks, you're really man. something. You're a very creative guy it. and very Thank good you. magician. So. Oh, that's nice. Thank I hope you. they all come see your show, and I'm looking forward to the next I time in the Springs. I'll come in and go see our guests. Thank okay. you very much. Right, so the Magic Word Podcast. Thanks. That was Cosmo Solano. Scotty out. As we're kind of going around and just getting ready for the next thing, which is going to be David Girard talking about marketing lecture, I thought I would talk with uh, uh, my second favorite podcaster. First, there's me. I love me. (laughs) (laughs) Next is Eric Tate. Eric. Hey, Scott. How are you doing? Fantastic. Good to see you again. Good to see you, too. And so you've been enjoying the convention so far, obviously. I see you at the table working in session with everybody all weekend here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love doing that. People show me, like, insane stuff, and it's really fun. Well, that's Uh, the thing. I think you'd be teaching other people, so they've been teaching you stuff. Oh, I mean, like, I'll show people stuff, uh, and I'll talk to anyone. So last night, I actually, they've got a great youth program here, and there's some really great kids here. And so I'm, like, I'm very interested in, like, encouraging kids to like learn harder stuff and also to like uh, get into competition uh, and I spent last night I think I spent like three four hours with the youth uh, just like jamming showing them card tricks talking to them about anything they wanted and there's yeah. really talented kids here which was a lot of fun I was expecting to have to like get like pretty like de- like you know like simple stuff and yeah. like hey let's talk about like this and they were like no show me that like weird double lift or show me the <laughs> insane like how do you do that thing in your physimac and I was like yeah let's let's get into, get into it that. Well, yeah so it was, so it was like a cross cut force or something You're, I mean, they really had I started with a cross cut force, and by the end of it, we were talking about like negative stripper work and snap deals and like crazy wow. like spinal lift doubles and whatever. And they were was, all with you. Oh yeah, it was it was very irritating because they were like, "Hey, how do you do that double that you're doing?" And I was like, "Oh, it's just this. It's from this DVD Tekken that's really good." And uh, and one of them went, "Oh, you do this," and he did it. And I was like, "It took me six weeks to learn that." <laughs> no, they're just they're really talented young yeah. young magicians. So. That's exciting. Yeah. So that's probably been about the best thing that you've seen here, or just kind of the other people. I oh. Guess. You know, but. Uh, yeah, I've seen some really cool stuff, but I've been hanging out, you know, I've been 
Kyle Purnell and I have been friends for years, and yeah. I always love seeing the great stuff that Kyle has. It was really fun to watch Kyle lecture, and this morning watch Kyle's appearance on Fool Us, which was so cool. He performed Lightyear on Fool Us, that was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then just see all of my friends, which yeah. is good. Yeah. But unfortunately, he didn't fool them. Uh, I, I think he fooled Allison Hannigan, and to me, that's the more important part of the show. <laughs> that's right. I was, when I was talking with him, he said, well, I kind of fooled half of them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Penn and Tudor, not, not Penn or Taylor, yes. I guess, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love Kyle as well. I had uh, chatted with him briefly, and then I talked with him a little bit more at length that I'll have in a future episode, you know, coming up yeah. uh, with him then as well. Uh, as far as some other people that you have seen... Who has really been in a highlight for you? I mean, they've all been good, but somebody. I, I really enjoy Mark James. Uh, I've always enjoyed watching Mark James perform. I mean, there's I don't think there's a more consummate, you know, uh, you know, work, worker uh, around. He's so so good. His show is polished to within an inch of his life, and it's so varied too. You don't see many people, let alone people who don't build themselves as jugglers, do the nine box stack with cigar boxes, and he does it really well. Uh, so I really enjoyed him. Um, there's so many. There's so much stuff here. I love uh, David Gerard, Peter Turner. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's a. But one of the things I saw earlier, there's a young man named Ryan. As we stand here, he's over at a table. He's like just standing up. He was doing some insane Pharaoh work that you've got to check out. Where he's like doing like triple, like every thirds, and like like groups of three, doubles, single. Oh it was, it was wild. It was really really good. Uh, it's, it's, sorry, this just. There's there is a lot of stuff here, and I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed just oh uh, the other one I can't believe I didn't think of this Morton Christensen yes phenomenal lecture really fun hanging out with him and sessioning it was a good time yeah his uh, lecture notes were sold out but uh, when I was talking to him a while ago he just got a text saying hey they just came in yeah so, you know so we've got them available now. yeah I guess he had like a box that he shipped two weeks ahead of time and it like got lost in the mail but finding yeah. out that it's here is awesome yeah yeah I told him he says I'm he's not gonna be performing tonight I said we need to announce <laughs> during the show hey my lecture notes just arrived by his interest in yeah so. <laughs> yeah it's a good time yeah now uh, the last few years of course they've limited this to 500 mm-hmm. and this is the first year they've opened it up and it's kind of gotten back to a thousand people mm-hmm. And so it's hard to kind of get around and see everybody and everything, you know. So by staying at one table, you kind of let the world revolve around you. Uh, I I really just like to hang out with anyone who wants to come by and chat. Sometimes I just, like, see a group of people with a deck of cards and sitting around, and I sit down at the table. And if yeah. they want to talk to me or whatever, like, that's, that's yeah. totally fine, uh, you know. But I like... I like hanging out and doing card tricks with people and showing show. Actually, like just before you came up, there was a guy who walked up and was like, "Can I show you a move?" And he showed me kind of an interesting. Uh, uh, it was almost like a diagonal palm shift second from the bottom, which was like kind of a fascinating idea. Don't know what he's doing with it, but it was just like a neat kind of move. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just lots, lots of fun stuff. I have a completely unrelated question, having to do with being a FISM winner that you yes. are. Uh, after you have won a, that. Do they invite you to come to the next FISM to be a performer or lecturer, or is that something you have to apply for? Are you, are you going to be going to Italy, is, I guess, ultimately, is what I'm asking you. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, you know, they announced that the next FISM would be at Italy, uh, in Italy at the last FISM, and I have no idea, you know, it's just... It, I, your guess is as good as mine. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know that as part of the prize they might say, well, we're going to have you also do such and such. There is the there is no prize money. There is no prize thing. There's it's just the trophy. There's the trophy and the glory, and that's it. Yeah. 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 Which is enough in itself. Yeah. <laughs> have you been able to parlay that into some... Uh, 
some good shows or good publicity on television or anything or you know right after i got back uh the columbus dispatch wrote a very nice article about me uh the there's a another magazine here locally called 614 magazine that wrote a very nice article about me and the local news talked to me uh the penguin magic monthly had a, a nice little interview uh but i kind of no, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I laid low for the last six months. I had a lot of work at Penguin. I had a lot of my own stuff to do. Uh, I had been on the road for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks preparing for that. So uh, I was very interested in not... I was very interested in sleeping in my own bed at night. I've got <laughs> two wonderful dogs and a fantastic partner, and I really enjoyed the last six months with them. Magi Fest is actually the first time that I've been around a large group of magicians yeah. since I became a FISM winner. Uh, and so I've been uh, overwhelmed with all of the really kind and wonderful words and people wanting a picture with me and wanting to shake my hand and yeah. telling me nice things. And it's it's extremely humbling and overwhelming. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time. It's uh, I've been doing like shows at theaters like Mystique. I was just at House of Cards. Had a lot of fun doing stuff for you know normal people. Right. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Penguin, it's starting to wrap up over here. What's new that Penguin's doing? Or what's what's coming out? And what are you? Uh, what's happening? Or something that you could tip that uh, people ought to pay attention to? Something new? It's like, hey, this is really cool. I mean, you you preview yeah. things all the time, new things, but uh, they're not. They're so-so. Some are better than others. I'm just wondering for something that kind of sticks out. It's like, this is the latest, Scott. You you really got to uh, see this or get one of these things. At right now, as we're talking, uh, the Penguin Magic Awards were just the the, the winners were just announced and uh, uh, laced up one trick of the year, hands down. The voting wasn't even close. Laced up, laced, laced up by Donovan Mount. That's the trick with the shoelace where you put the ring on the shoe and then the bow moves down and you untie it at the wrong end and then retie it and go back up. That thing is incredible. It's very very cool. Uh, so it's anyone, everyone should check it out. I think it has a home in, in anyone's repertoire. Uh, at Penguin, we're in the middle of remodeling the studio again, which is very exciting because that'll allow us to do some really cool stuff with live shows. Uh, and uh, there's some surprises for people who've been there before uh, that I don't want to quite tip yet. Uh, but we've got a really great slate of products that are uh, ready for the next year. There's some stuff that I, I just can't tell you about yet. Uh, do you plan? Do they plan to release those like incrementally, not all at one time? I assume we release stuff all throughout the year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I think the only time where we release a lot of stuff at once is sort of like Christmas time. But I yeah, think that's yeah. like that's pretty typical for all of the companies, and yeah. ev- and that's a something that that's not going to be a surprise to anyone. But all throughout the year, we've got some really great stuff lined up. Uh, you know, products that I have been working on for the last few months are now just starting to hit the market. So yeah. like Wanda Blocks by Ian Bailey, I've been w- working on, and I'm super excited because I'm going to be in Blackpool uh, in two weeks lecturing and performing, and I'll get to see Ian Bailey, and we'll get to jam on the trick that I produced with him. Uh, well, I mean, it's his trick. I just taught it. Uh, and then uh, there's some school stuff that, like, Defaced from Martin Braeslas just came out. It's a, it's a really awesome, totally gaff deck. It's a multi-phase routine that everyone should check out. And then I'm just getting a new batch of products on my desk to start playing with and rolling through. So there's that's that's kind of it. So. Wow, so I can see why you've kind of been underground for a while. you got some stuff to catch up on. Doing a bunch of that stuff. And then I've, I've got some new secret projects from uh, with Penguin that I, I can't even... Just begin to describe what it is, but it, it is. Let me tell you, it is very, very exciting. What's going to be coming out in the next in the next few years? So, yeah. You're, you're whetting our appetite. Yes, Thank you, absolutely. Eric. My pleasure. <laughs> so, with the Magic Word Podcast here at Magi Fest, that was Eric Tate from Penguin Magic. Scotty out. Before we 
start to wrap up this day. We still have just a couple of other events that are left before we close, but I run into another young magician, Cody Clark. Hey there, Cody. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. <laughs> Having a great time at Magi Fest, like always. Tell me, what have you enjoyed the most so far? Have you gotten a lot out of it? Well, I've enjoyed the jamming, and not just the jamming, but this year I decided to bring the stage stuff I normally do, so there's been linking ring jamming, billiard ball jamming, and I've also enjoyed, especially today's slate of lectures, okay. like that Paul Gertner lecture about getting on full us and what works and what doesn't. Yeah. That's a goal of mine, so it was helpful to get an insider's perspective on that. Good point, yeah, exactly. And the Mark James lecture on show flow, I recognized a lot of similarities between his and Dan Harlan's lessons on that, so I think that's good, especially for my friend Sid. This is his first Magi Fest, but he's also part of the Louisville SAM Assembly, so I enjoyed seeing him get a lot out of it, given that he's wanting to do bigger shows like that. Right, right. Uh, I, I think both those were really good. It had a lot to uh, to offer. In fact, I had spoken then with Mark James at length uh, that will be broadcast in the future. It will be a more lengthy episode, in which he goes into some more detail about some of that uh, stuff that he was talking about then as well, plus some of the other interests that he has in movies, et cetera, like that as well. Now, you were telling me then, Cody, also just a few moments ago about something that you were helping the youth with then as well. On, uh... Yeah, I help run the Society of Young Magicians social media pages. We got an Insta, and we've really been wanting to start a TikTok, but it's been hard to get content. So I thought while I'm here, why not see the young people doing magic, and once they sign the release forms and all that, of course, uh, get them to film some TikTok content for me. And it's been going well, and uh, our TikTok should be able to start really in mass within a week or two. Now, John Sirk was telling me earlier about the community, I guess, uh, on the uh, SAM webpage uh, in which you can get in there. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, that's a uh, best best perk of the SAM and SYM, the best hidden gem, is that it's not just the assemblies, but there's virtual assemblies like B1.1, 1.2, 1.3. There's that internet forum that's within the SAM website portal. And for the young magicians, there's that virtual Zoom assembly that... It's actually one of the more active assemblies since there's still lots of parts of the country that don't have an SYM assembly yet. So as far as some of the TikTok videos that the people, the kids would record or anybody would record, can they put them on that community board as well? Actually, that would be a good way to get them to me. If they're under 18, we will need to send them a release form, and we can do that via Google Docs. If you're an adult, you just send it to me about a minute in length. You can either share a magic trick or talk about what it's like to be a young magician, or if you're an alumni, what you loved about the SYM and what you still like about the SAM. Right, right. Uh, now, are they also then performing just a quick trick, I guess? Or? Yeah, quick tricks and or quick quick advice tips. Since I don't That's want it to just idea. be tricks, I also want kid-friendly theory on there, yeah, too. Here are the top three things that I would recommend, you know, that you need to do this, this, and this. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like how the Penguin podcast has their Desert Island Magic books, where it's like quick one, two, three. Right, right. Yep, I understand what you're saying over there. Have you been involved much with the uh, the youth group over here, that uh, the Magi Fest that, that Josh and Andy put together? Well, I gave them a 10-minute talk yesterday on uh, the unfair advantage. That's the big concept I run my magic career by, which is finding the one or two things that your magic is about so that you can make creative and business decisions. For me, it's my autism advocacy, <laughs> since I do a lot of school assemblies and library shows about what it's like to be autistic. Mm-hmm. And then for little kids, I'm Conductor Cody, a train-themed character. So those are the two things my magic's about. I was telling the kids, if you find those one or two things for you, you 
you spend in the dealer's room only as much as you need to spend because you got a criteria going in when seeing these routines. And same with the lectures, it helps you filter out information. Right, right. That's very good advice. You know, I think that the, the kids really need to hear that. It's like, don't go in and buy everything. I mean, when you're young and you're getting involved in magic, a lot of times we think, okay, this trick is going to make me. You know, this is the holy grail. But it's not. It's not a trick that's going to make you. It's awareness of your character that's going to make you. So well said. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, so it has been a great convention. Where do you live, actually? Where is you? Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. That is the land of Lance, land of Mac, land of J&B with Brent Braun Magic Shop. It's a low-key hopping magic scene. Yeah. It's a pretty big club there, as I recall, then, too. Don't you have, like, 30, 40 members in your club? Oh, 30, 40 that actively show oh, up, yeah. and there's about 100 that pay the dues every year. Yeah. Because uh, I know yesterday when Lance was talking, or is it today? I guess it was last evening. A lot of people were hooping and hollering from the audience who are apparently part of his Louisville club. I was one of them. <laughs> and many people were like, we know that's Cody's voice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying the convention. And how many of these have you been attending, Magi Fest in particular? I'd say this is my seventh. I've only been during the Josh J ones, but that's a testament to his youth scholarship program. Yeah. Is that... Uh, there's a good amount of young magicians. There used to be no requirements. Now I think they have to do a charity show. Correct. But they at least get the conference for free. And then I think there's a, sub, a secondary program where the people who are financially disadvantaged mm-hmm. that you can do a more written application and get uh, airfare, get hotel funded. Yep. And they essentially don't want any barriers to young magicians getting seriously into magic. Yep. No, that's and, and, and that's good that they're trying to eliminate those barriers because a lot of times it, I think that's just one of the reasons that uh, uh, people are an advocate for magic being, if you will, exposed on uh, to, on YouTube because they're saying that, hey, it's easier than you think. There's some people who are kids trying to get in and thinking, oh, man, I can't do it. But then they learn from YouTube how to do it. It's like, oh, it's not as hard as I thought it was. So there's good and bad about that. Yeah, I like the rule of thumb that uh, YouTube's like the modern-day library, that if it's what you would find in a Section 793.8 book, as in like your Nick Einhorn book or your Mark Wilson book, then go ahead and put that on YouTube for that reason. But beyond that, if we're something to buy in the dealer room, that's where I'm like, no way. Exactly, because that's and something that someone had created and they're making money off of that that you shouldn't give away something that's not yours to give. Exactly. But at the same time, it's good to recognize YouTube's the modern library. Like my brother's getting into guitar and he's learning basic chords through the YouTube. So why can't you learn basic card methodology through that? Right, exactly. Well, Cody, thanks very much. Good to uh, talk with you. Uh, it is a pleasure and I love the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you being a fan. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. So the Magic Word Podcast. That's Cody Clark. Scotty out. We just uh, wrapped up the uh, the show, but I did want to talk with one of the dealers. I was in the dealers already from time to time, but really didn't get a chance to talk so much about just the ambiance and everything, because here I've got with me right now Don Purcell, who is the one who is kind of the heir who bought all of H&R Magic Books, so he's, but, he's, but the name of your company is Purcell? Don's Magic and Books. Don's Magic and Books. Yes. And so how was this convention for you from a dealer standpoint here? Uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. This is my third time here, and double the attendance... Basically, for me, resulted in double the sales. And, yeah. and I just got to meet so many people that have bought from me in the past. I think I met about 40 people here that I haven't 
people that have bought for me that I didn't know who they were, now yeah. I get to meet them. It's been great. You recognize their name, and then they finally get exactly. to meet you and put a face in it. Yeah, or they come up and they go, you know, this is my name, and they turn their name tag around, like, oh, I know you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's been very great. I am losing my voice, as you can hear. I was about to say good. that your voice gone because you've been talking probably the whole weekend. Oh, talk like Barry White for now on. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. How many dealers were there all together? Like about 30? or I think there's... Yeah, 30 or 35, because they added five more dealers this year Mm -hmm. than they've had in the past. Well, it's because they had a few more people, obviously, this year, too. And thinner aisles, so it's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was crazy in there. It was crazy. When they opened those doors and the first thousand people came in, it it was a madhouse. But it was pretty much the same thing the rest of the whole week, because it was, it's not a a, a big area, so even with a few people in there, it seemed like a lot, it was busy and crowded. Yes, it was busy the whole time for us, from when they opened in the morning till we closed at night. There was really no break, what, but that's okay. What is uh, the big book this year? What was it that you feel, found was a bestseller for you? Uh, for me, Mike Cavaney's Sawing is wonderful. If, if, if you haven't seen it... it for sawing the, is beautiful. Yeah, for the history of you know sawing in half. The other one for me comes out of Canada. There's a magazine called The Hermit that's put out by Scott Baird. And he took the whole first year of the magazine, put it out in two hardcovers. And I was the first one to have them, and I sold out of them. Yeah, uh, it's an amazing magazine. He he writes it, illustrates it, puts it together, and it's really cool. So I have to order more now. What kind of is it? Kind of like Apocalypse or Richard's yeah. Almanac kind of exactly, a thing, just like that. He gets contributions from people all yeah. over the world. He writes them up, photographs it, does the diagrams. Wow, close up mentalism. It, it's a great magazine. So you'll be getting that back in stock eventually, and they can order that from you? Yeah, I have more in order now, and hopefully they'll be there when I get back to Minnesota. And so where can they get? get in touch with you. Yep. If you go to donsmagicandbooks.com, yep. that's me. Okay. You can find me on Facebook or just on the internet. Well, sure. I wanted to get your perspective because a lot of times when I talk to a dealer saying, how was the convention? They have sure. a completely different perspective because they don't see any of the lectures or the shows or anything. You know, yep. you did finally get to see this evening show. Yeah. I've seen each of the evening shows like Peter Turner. Yeah. First time I've ever seen him. Incredible. Yeah. And stuff. And tonight... That was a killer show. It yeah. was amazing. I just like sit there with my jaw open. <laughs> yeah, it is good to be able to see stuff. There were six FISM winners in the show tonight. I know. And every one of them deserving of it. It was yeah. great. Yeah. It was very cool. Yes. Who was it? Anybody stuck out for you in particular? I like Martin Christensen yeah. because of his dry, just simple sense of humor. No extravagant setting or you right. know decoration. Just pure magic that just you go you keep beating yourself in the head like yeah. how did that happen how did that happen he got just not standing immediate standing ovation yes. but everybody was just yelling also you know yeah. they couldn't get enough of it it's just the stuff he came up with sometimes yeah. I just wonder how mental are these guys <laughs> that that's what they can come up with yeah. but it's awesome watching him because yeah. he's such a cool guy too he came and stopped by the booth yeah. and talked for a bit he's a nice regular guy yeah, yeah I got a chance to chat with him uh, on the podcast yeah. here as well so Don thank so, you very much good talking to you as well thanks for having me we'll see you at TAOM I'll be there and so yeah. will you yeah and so for uh, for the dealer's room area <laughs> that was Don Purcell Scotty out. Well, as we mentioned, the evening show is over then right now. But I do have with me right now Charles Green III. We started off this morning talking with him, and so we're finishing up the evening. And to kind of give a recap over here of this, were you at Schutz's uh, lecture by chance? I was not at Schutz's lecture. Okay, that's all right. I uh, had heard that it was uh, excellent that he was giving uh, tips on his performance at FISM and uh, how to do his spoon and coins and some of the work, and that he was, the way people were describing it to me, they couldn't, 
recreate it. They said it was impossible. <laughs> it just was great. Well, I can understand that. I mean, seeing the act, and I've seen it twice. I saw it up at FISM. I saw it mm-hmm. here. And it's obviously a thing of personality, and the props are so different, and the handling must be so very yes. different and radical that if you're just coming in from ground the ground level, right. it's got to blow your mind just for, how could I possibly do this? Well, it's not just the individual parts of it, but then it was routining of how the one thing, you know, it's on the back of the hand or behind the, the fingers or this finger, not that one, right. or a palm or whatever, So and putting that together so it's smo- so smooth, well, it's probably a FISM winner. That's exactly right. So that brings us really to the gala show tonight uh, that was hosted by Lucy Darling, which was, as always... She's always fantastic, <laughs> always fantastic. Handles the crowd very well, very good at improv uh, as well, and started off then with... Uh, we had like six different FISM winners, and uh, Ruben Villagrand was the first one up. Right. Talk the, a little the, about the, the comedian? Yep. The, no, not the comedian. He was the guy with the ties. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I can see that some comedy. Okay, you yes. know, that there's yeah. humor in there. That's not right. direct comedy. So. But um, very inventive and very, once again, very different. I mean, these, that's, there's a reason why these guys are FISM winners, and generally is because they are so different. Mm-hmm. So out of the box. It's about how they routine things. So you think, I mean, I'll just pick apart, not pick apart, but select one thing where Jim Steinmeier is like the moving knot, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, but he's got electrical cord and everything makes sense. And that's the thing about great magic is it makes sense with the props that you're using and right. the magic is a part and integral to what's happening, not just, oh, here's a rope and I'm going to cut it in half for no reason. Like a Pavel, wa- Pavel walking knot. In exactly. Which kind of, yeah, from, had a... The uh, jukebox, I mean, or a radio, or something. A little radio and, with music yeah. that was attached to that, so that provided the source. The lights went out, or fizzing around. He's like right. checking the cord. You know the things with the ties and ties flicking around. Ties very funny. Doesn't have any tie on, and he does. And then it came out his uh, sleeve, and, and then it came out, out, out his sleeve, sleeve, and then to across. Start with. Yeah, uh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, and then followed by uh, that with uh, Eric Tate, who came in uh, third. You know, doing a great job with his incredible uh, three card Monty. Yes, routine. Eric is always fantastic. He's look. He's always dashing on, oh, yeah. on, uh, on stage, and he comes across. And it's always interesting, you know, being a close-up magician. Like having, uh, it's impressive to have a personality that can extend from a table being seated all the way into the audience, mm-hmm. and people pick up on his personality. They like his style. You know, he's kind of like sharp, but without an edge, so to oh, speak. You know, so like yeah. it's you're, you're with him. You're mm-hmm. with him, and. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's just a great performer, a great entertainer. Using two people who are on there, he treats them well and brings them into the magic and makes them part of the experience. Doesn't there. make them feel like they're props. Oh, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a reason why they're there, and they are essential to experiencing the magic. Right, the way he interacts with them. Yeah. Uh, next was, I think, uh, certainly a highlight, and that was the, the real comedy I thought you were referring to, and that's Morton Christensen uh, from Denmark, and he brought the house up. I mean, everybody just immediately came to the feeds after his show. Yeah. Well, once again, it's something that, you know, there are these parts, and they're all in different orders, and, you know, they come, yeah. they're, they're very, very logical, and the thing, oh, I can't remember, and the cards, you know, I had them in the box, and you're going back. It's kind of like, you know, we have the, the basic scenarios in our head of, like, oh, uh, the, the, the film that goes backwards, and yes. sometimes going forward, mm-hmm. you know, where or it's like Groundhog Day. Or Memento. You know? Or Memento, that was the film, yes. And so, you know, we have these, these, these thoughts in our head, and he actuates them with magic mm-hmm. in a way we don't see. Yeah. And it's funny, and it's, you know, it's all together. And he was great. I did not see him in FISM in Quebec. Oh, you didn't? So, no. Okay. Uh, so it was such a pleasure to see him here, and 
he definitely got everyone excited and on their feet. Yeah, and even at the end, whenever everyone was coming back out for a bow, he just got an extra uh, cheer. Right, right. From everybody, too. Uh, next, uh, then, was, I believe, was Shudogawa. Wasn't it? I believe Shoot was before Paul Gertner, I believe. Yes. But we'll go out of order. We'll go in any order. Yeah. So Shoot Gawa, let's say. So Shoot was doing his Fizzamac, too. His Fizzamac. Which we just talked about a moment ago. Right, right. And, you know, always class. He looks great. You know, I love hearing him talk to the audience. And, mm-hmm. you know, he pulls you in as well. Once again, it's that thing of, like, doing close-up magic on a stage. For a thousand people. For a thousand people. Yeah. You know, and even with screens, but you know, you're still right there. And he's got he's got this great personality, this great smile. Yeah. You know, it kind of gives you this, in a way, a wink. Mm-hmm. You know, to make sure you're still with him and pulling pulling everyone in. And then Paul Gertner, uh, who had done his two things uh, that he's known for, of course, Unshuffled. Yes. You've probably done several times at trade shows, haven't you? Thousands, yes. <laughs> and that is just great. And then he pulled out the one saying, "Okay, well, here's the one that fooled Penn and Teller." Right. You know, I mean, this is my trick. That you all know, but here's what. And then he fooled the rest yeah, of us with that, yeah. which he'd explained this afternoon, I guess. In the yes, lecture. Well, well Paul's a, Paul is a master magician. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got such creativity. He works really, really hard. He's been doing this for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would dare say Paul is a living legend for different, for many different reasons. Right, right. And then he finished with his uh, classic cups and balls with the uh, ball bearings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You which know, he's I, known for. Yeah, we used to live balls in, of steel. Balls of steel. Uh, you know, used to live in Pittsburgh, and in Pittsburgh, we they they used steel to city. make yeah. steel, and that's what he is known for. And then wrapping up the show was Jen Wu Park. Oh man, he was he's so great. And here's a, for me the funny thing. You know, I was at uh, Quebec, but did not see him perform, and didn't see him perform on the final show up there. And I was so interested. I was watching videos of him afterwards and looking at all the winners. I was, I was blown away just by watching him on video mm-hmm. and then watched several other of his videos. And I was so stoked to see him here live. Mm-hmm. And what I like about him is it seems like everything is always different. This was not his FISM act. Yeah. It's not an act that I saw earlier on YouTube that he's done before. But it's still got a certain style and it's got a certain beat and it's got a certain rhythm. He's using music and he's like really cool. And I mean, I was going to say he reminds me of Topaz. I thought the same thing. It's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, yes. I mean, I know there's something, you know, just some like the, the timing yes. and the bells and the, yes. the beats and like the, the sticks the the and music. the bam and the, yeah. yeah. So he's, and he's young. Mm-hmm. And I, so I can't wait to see what else he will do. He's not going to stop here. You can, you can tell that he's got right. a great future. I like mean, Topaz. Yeah. Right, right. It's mm-hmm. great to be world champion. And I, I imagine. I imagine. I <laughs> no, no idea. Yeah. Um, but I can't. I can't wait to see what else he brings to the table and to see him perform every single time. Yep. So overall, this was a great convention, a lot of fun, and uh, good catching up with you. I've been seeing, spent, got to spend a lot of time with you finally. This is uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what really what I love about conventions is really the friendships that we sure. get to continue on and on right. and on. Right, right. And then as well, getting to uh, uh, see and learn some great magic as well. And then the dealer's room was full. It was packed. It was a lot of fun. Yes. And uh, all the shows were just top-notch. I think uh, Josh and Andy did just uh, an over-the-top job again pulling us all together for a thousand registrants. It was great. Right. And I think, you know, one of the great things about Magi Fest, maybe in comparison to some others, is it's a community that they have nurtured to, to grow mm-hmm. and to broaden magic. So the youth program is really, really strong here. Yeah. And they take the kids aside and they put them in a safe space where they are taught by the experts such as Carissa, such as David, such as Josh. Other people come in. Mm-hmm. So they, the kids get to see the best of the best in magic. 
and can be really inspired. Lance comes in there, of course, who's another living legend. And that is essential to maintaining and growing the art of magic. Because you've got to start somewhere, and you can't start with people who are 30 and 40. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you need fresh ideas, new visions, and energy. That, yes, and energy. That's exactly right. Well, they certainly feel the energy here, and uh, I think a lot of people are already signing up for next year's convention then as well. So you can tell by all these reports that if you haven't been here, this is genuinely a great one that you should be coming to attend next year. So It is great. I can't wait to come. I mean, I probably won't be, you know, coming back as a performer, but I will be here as a participant because it's just a great convention. Yep, it is. Charles, thanks very much again. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Always good chatting with you. And as I said to the rest of the listeners, we got to uh, talk with Charles at breakfast a little bit. And so this way we get to wrap up the end of the day as well. So it's good to start and finish with you and see your smile. What so, a deal. <laughs> so for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Charles Green III from the Magi Fest in Columbus, Ohio. That's a wrap for 2023 Magi Fest. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you here next year. We've got another convention coming up here before long. My next one's going to be the Winter Carnival. But uh, that's not until March the 9th through the 11th. So you might want to think about registering for that one. And I will see you there. This is Scotty out.